Hey, it is L.A. Lloyd uh, today. Very excited to have Hardy. Uh, we've been getting a lot of calls about the song Jack and uh, finally got him here to start off uh, the new year. Good to meet you for the first time, my friend. Yeah, good to meet you as well, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. There's a lot of talk about you, and we're very excited how well the song Jack is doing at, uh, that we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, being a new year, I'm not one of these guys who makes resolutions or anything, but I am hopeful for uh, a better year after what all the the stuff we've gone through for the past two with the pandemic. Uh, are you a resolutions guy, or do you have any big goals or milestones that you're shooting for for 2023? I definitely um, have never stuck to one for an entire year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not even close. But um, I, you know, I, I I told myself the other day I would love to uh, hang out with my friends a little bit more. Um, and and honestly, I'm so busy, and when I come home from the road I'm exhausted and I'm just, but I think making an effort to, to really kick it with my, with my buddies. And, uh, I, I don't know if my wife is, is on board, but I want to have a kid <laughs> next year. <laughs> well, I, I want to start trying at least. Well, if nothing else, it's always good to practice, man. Hey, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my opinion, like I said, Jack, uh, which we will talk a little bit more in depth about later is, is going to pave the way for some other artists who may ride that fine line between country and rock, you know, uh, kind of creating a scene, uh, you know, that I really haven't seen the likes of since we kind of saw grunge really immerse, you know, 30 years ago and, and kind of wipe the hairbands out in one quick swoop. I mean, do you feel uh, the same about this? Because honestly, I think rock kind of needed a little jump start. And, you know, I was born in, in North Carolina and, and grew up on a lot of the Southern rock stuff, which I'm not comparing your music to Skinner or, or that, but I just feel like there's this, this new sensation, man, that uh, you're you're really kind of laying the foundation for some other artists to hopefully come up behind you. Man, that's that's awesome. And if I could do that, if I one day could look back and, and say that I did that in the rock world, that is means the world to me, man, because I, I grew up um, I was born in 1990. So I grew up uh, listening to, to, to grunge and like post grunge and the new metal and just all the active rock stuff. And uh, I got to hear my own version of how rock and roll changed throughout, you know, my personal history. And if I could say that I contributed to that in some way, that would be freaking amazing. Uh, truly, I, I, that would be an honor. Yeah. Well, let me put that in perspective for the listeners today. When Smells Like Teen Spirit came out, Hardy was one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nevermind was 91. Is that yeah, right? That's when it really, I mean, I think the album maybe been recorded about 90, but 91 is when it really started you know, switch wow. and stuff. So it's hard to believe when I play that song on the radio, you know, I'd say, well, yeah, this one's 31 years old now. I mean, it, it really is amazing how far rock has, has come in that time. But again, it's all cyclical, man. And, and that's why I feel really good about, uh, you know, what you're bringing to the table, man, because uh, I, I think rock needs a little uh, kick in the ass, to be honest with you. Dude, well, that's awesome, man. And I will, I promise to uh, deliver, man. I love making rock music and, and I hold myself to it and, and uh, hopefully it just will keep getting better and better. Well, I got to tell you, man, for me growing up, you know, my mom and dad, they always had music playing in the house. I mean, and, and I've kind of raised my kids the same way. You, you do not walk in our house if music is not playing somewhere uh, within it. Were you uh, mm -hmm. kind of the same situation? I mean, is it something that you always knew that music would be eventually a part of your life when you grew up? Or is it just something that you came into a little later in life? Absolutely, dude. My dad instilled rock and roll music in me from the time that I could listen. <laughs> I remember... Um, so first of all, yeah, we had the big giant uh, kids these days don't don't will never know see this, but we had the big giant Sony receiver with the huge speakers. Oh yeah, uh, um, that whole deal. 
And um, there was always something. I remember some of the big records that were playing in my house. Uh, actually, uh, Aerosmith, big ones. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a big one. No pun intended. My dad played uh, Bob Seger, uh, a lot of Leonard Skinner pronounced. Um, man, and I, I mean, the list goes on and on. But my favorite memory, my, the moment, it was like something out of a movie. When the second that I fell in love with rock and roll, I was like, I was really young. Um, I had to have been like three or four, but I remember this memory. My dad had a cassette tape and he said, hey, check this out. This is a band called, he said new band. And, and I guess they weren't technically new, but uh, this was probably 94. And he said, this, this is a band called Pearl Jam and put the cassette in and alive. That song started playing and it just, it changed the chemistry in my brain, man. Wow. And forever I was like, what the hell is this? And, and the rest is just history. Well, uh, you know, the songs you have released from the upcoming album, The Mockingbird and The Crow, I, I've definitely been listening to the country and the rock versions. Uh, you know, one I did want to talk about is the uh, title track. And basically, I mean... This is a song I work out to. I'm driving to work. I mean, it's it's just become a, a, a new anthem for me and a big old F you to anyone who tries to tell you, you know, what to do, man. I mean, was this one of the first ones written for the album or did it come later? What was the inspiration really behind the whole Mockingbird and the Crow theme? Dude, it was the last song written. For really? Wow. Yeah. The record was essentially done. It was 16 songs and the concept was still there. It was going to be half country and half rock. I had this idea called the Mockingbird and the Crow written down on my phone for a long time. And I never put together that that song would be the perfect thing to tie this whole half country, half rock thing together. And essentially I had some writers, some buddies that are songwriters out on the road with me and they came out and my buddy was playing this uh, rock riff and I don't know. It all just kind of came together. And I was like, man, I have this record that's coming out. It's supposed to be done. But I had this idea called The Mockingbird and the Crow. And maybe that song would perfectly describe this record and kind of who I am and all that. And it just sort of fell into place. But it was. It was the last song on the record. So when you, uh, you know, you first started talking about doing rock, I mean, obviously, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Big Loud and Big Loud Rock in just a second. But were there other, uh, you know, uh, what I call the dudes in the suits there at the labels going like, hey, man, you know, th- this is you don't do it. You either pick your you pick your team man. you're either huh. country or you're rock. I mean, did you have a lot of people telling you you're out of your mind for trying to put, uh, you know, kind of a combo on the same album you know honestly from my label no i didn't man they're awesome and big loud is so good at letting the creator be the creator and and then then they figure out a way to how to exploit it but they they let the artist be the artist and that's not the case for every label in nashville you know and i've seen really talented people kind of go down the toilet because uh they were being limited in what they could do and and uh i'm just thankful that my label does not do that yeah. Well, uh, you know, Big Loud has been around, for those who don't know, uh, listening today, based in Nashville, uh, major country acts on that label. Uh, then Big Loud Rock came to be, which, you know, that's, I guess, where your music is being released, which, you know, I, I think that, again, uh, give the props to whoever uh, is, is behind all that. But I think Big Loud Rock it re- really makes sense, man. So can you tell me any any how this division kind of branched off of the of the the main label, if you will? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was just as simple as um, Seth England and, and uh, well, Joey Moy, who is kind of the in-house producer for Big Loud, uh, who produced uh, Nickelback in their, uh, I won't say heyday, but their peak of like pop, pop success and um produced uh, default who was um dallas smith who's oh, now yeah. a country artist and so joey came from the rock world um and so i think it was just a very uh real 
um, dream, you know, knowing that if they started a, a rock label that uh, they definitely have the tools and the producer and the, to, to really pull it off. And uh, so Joey and Seth just decided to do it. And they just, they signed a band called Blame My Youth who are really cool guys and, and uh, just kind of went from there. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's genius, man. And I, and again, I think it's, it's very revolutionary uh, uh, the way that it's, it's all uh, f- moving forward uh, regarding the new album title and the track list. And I wanted to ask you about this because the Mockingbird and all the country songs on the track listing are all in lowercase. The Crow and all the rock tracks are all caps. So, uh, what's the what's the significance behind all that? It's, it's just the the split between between country and rock, and that the rock is is bold and big and loud, and and uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> and uh, before that, every song I'd ever put out was all caps. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to do something to separate the the two and create as much dichotomy as as possible for this record. And that's just what we. It up with. Well, even your name. I mean, you have that in all caps. I mean, which I, I think from a merchandising standpoint, it really jumps out from a T-shirt, man. You know, so why not? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, I wanted to ask you about a country track on there called uh, Here Lies Country Music. And I wanted to share this with the listeners. I think the best line in that song is uh, I pray that I leave this world before country music does. Uh, all genres of music, like I said earlier, goes through cycles of peaks and valleys. Gene Simmons has said rock is dead, which I think is complete bullshit. Uh, you know country better than I do, man. I mean, what what's kind of the, the state right now? Because, again, maybe country needs the same thing that you're doing for rock, man, that maybe they'll let some of this rock stuff go over to country radio as well, you know? Yeah, I think it'd be cool. I mean, that's the cool thing about country is it's so, uh, I think country, A, to answer your question, is very much alive. Uh, the thing about country that keeps it relevant is that country, believe it or not, I feel like is the most um, accepting of sonic or of sound of, you know what I mean? Of styles than any other genre, uh, especially like commercial country or radio country. Like some people don't like the fact that it's like this, but, but um, I do. And I think it's great. Like you can hear one song, on country radio and then turn around and hear another and they would not even technically sound like they're the same genre, but they are. And, and uh, I think that's, what's keeping country alive is that there's no rules and they're not narrowing the, they're not bottlenecking the, the um, you know, what it's supposed to sound like and, and that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing and it, and it gives people the opportunity to uh, change the genre every now and then, which has definitely happened. Look at Garth in the 90s, and honestly, I would say Florida Georgia Line in the 2000s completely changed the genre, and it's never been the same since then. I mean, uh, and and giving people the freedom to make their own version of country music allows that to uh, to happen. And one thing, uh, you know, going back to what I was talking about being raised on music, you know, my mom would play more rock. My dad was more of a country guy. Uh, and, you know, he definitely raised me on the classics, man. And And the thing that I always loved about country music is they always told a great story. And that's what really relates uh, me to you is I think you're a fantastic songwriter. Don't get me wrong. I think you're an amazing performer, too, at least what I've heard. I haven't seen you live yet. But at the end of the day, man, a good song's a good song, no matter what genre it is. And and just being able to tell that story, I mean, it does it. do you have stories that just are always coming to you like that? Or do you get writer's block? Because I, I really haven't seen, a, seen an artist on the Rock 30 here that really has that talent just to be a, a damn fine songwriter, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Um, man, I don't know. I, uh, 
I just, it always starts with the idea, like the con the idea or the concept of a song. Um, like wait, the truck, it's like somebody said that in a conversation one time and Hunter Phelps, who I wrote that song with kind of cut our eyes and looked at each other like, damn, wait, the truck's a really good song title. And when those happen, you just sit in a room and, and, uh, especially if you're with people that want to go for it and really write the storytelling songs. Yeah. You just, I don't know, man, you just kind of, you go for it. And like that day I was like, man, let's, let's, let's kill him <laughs> and make it this awesome come, you know, this story. And, and, and you just sort of immerse yourself in that moment and you become that character and, and you really draw images in your brain and, and uh, man, I don't know. It comes, it's otherworldly the way it comes to people when they do that stuff. But I, dude, I, writing songs is my favorite thing to do on this planet. And, and I love writing something that you're going to be like, man, this is going to move people when it comes out. Like yeah. I, that's, that's what I, that's what I do it for, man. Well, and, and just uh, another thing, I mean, we've heard the cliche, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You totally twisted <laughs> and woke up on the wrong side of the truck bed. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, that is just to me brilliant. <laughs> I, I love that, man. <laughs> dude, we just played that song live for the first time last night yeah. and it was freaking awesome dude it, it got me pumped up but yeah I, uh and that's the fun thing about country and uh what i'm kind of trying to bring to the table of rock uh is is that the lyric um and in country you know in rock you don't really get away with that stuff as much as you can in country but i think there's a lane for it in rock man and and um even if there is a little bit of a country lyric on it you know but dude i know rock and roll guys that drive trucks it's not oh, yeah. have to be just exclusively country but no, I love that man. A little twist, little finding uh, little idioms or, or euphemisms or whatever, and, and changing a word to make tweak it and make it a little more country is my favorite thing ever. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Jack. Uh, you know, man, this song is just really taking off. You know, fifteen million on demand streams, uh, number two debut on Billboard's Hard Rock Songs. You know, uh, number one on Vivo's Top Rock Videos. Yes, this is rock stuff we're talking about here. Tell me about Jack and when this one was actually written uh, for the album. So Jack, I believe, was the first song written for this record. And, you know, in Nashville, like, it's very different than than the rock world, where a lot of times the rock world is like they go into the studio and they're there for months and they, and they write the record while they're there. And I'm a songwriter, so, and it's very industrialized in Nashville, so I just kind of you know, I go to go to work every day when I'm not on the road and I go in, go to a producer's house or a studio or wherever, and you write a song every day. And Jack just happened to be uh, one of those days. But I had a I had an idea and it was with two of my favorite collaborators that we I wrote a lot of the rock stuff on um, on uh, the last record or some of the heavier stuff. And uh, yeah, I just I, I, I had that riff that I had been sitting on for a while. And I, I wanted to write a song about like from the perspective of a Jack bottle and uh, alcoholic. I have some alcoholic history in my family. And uh, I just, it was like a kind of paying homage to the people in my family that have had to deal with the grip that alcohol has had on their loved ones. And uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a cool perspective and an interesting way to write that and make it like, a fun like rock song but at the same time it has like a very uh almost dark you know message to the whole thing 
Yeah, it totally does, man. Uh, you know, in all genres of music, uh, we're seeing uh, different ways of releasing it. Uh, some have chosen only to go single, single, single. Some will eventually do an EP. Some will, you know, put them all together and finally do uh, the full-on album. Now, you could have easily done two EPs. You could have done a country EP and a rock EP, but you did decide to put them together. And I guess that kind of goes back to some of the earlier stuff we talked about. But was there ever any talks about, you know, let's let's do these separate, or was it always let's let's make them together? and that's it no there was definitely talk after after my previous record a rock came out and i had some songs on there that were definitely fitting that could have made this record you know and um there was definitely talk of like well maybe one day you can do a rock record and and you know wow your stuff you know kind of could work at rock radio so we should put out rock and uh but i think probably around a year ago gosh maybe even more i just was i kept turning in or kind of writing like country songs i love and rock songs i love and and I think we were all just kind of too impatient to wait and put out two different projects. We just kind of said, screw it. And, and let's do it all at the same time and see what happens. I think it was a great way to go about it, man. Uh, you've already sold out a lot of headlining tours uh, as we wrapped up 2022. We're in 2023 now. Uh, are you going to continue just doing headlining tours or are you already starting to, uh, you know, get uh, the bids out for you to come and play all the big rock festivals uh, later this year as well? Not only here, but maybe in the UK also. I've gotten some, man, and I'm stoked about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing the headline thing in the spring and I'm doing some stadiums with uh, Morgan Wallen. Then I'm more than likely going to do a headliner thing in the fall. But, dude, yeah, we're doing uh, Welcome to Rockville in Daytona. Oh. Uh and I think we're direct to like Rob Zombie or something. <laughs> it's like freaking – I'm like, what is what is my life right now? That's um, awesome. And uh, we're getting other offers as well. A couple of uh, – I'm doing a show at Nickelback. Wow. We're branching into it, man. We're, we're – uh, and, and I'm very interested – to play those shows and to see how we are received because yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm very excited to see, you know, I don't know if we're going to get beers thrown at us or, or, you won't. or, or, uh, it's just, we haven't, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't gotten in front of a true rock and roll audience yet. It's been country people and maybe some rock people that come to the country show but we haven't done the full rock thing. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Let me, let me show you what it's going to be like for these people who've never seen you before. Here's what it's going to be like. This is going to be them on the first song, and then the at last one, like, yeah, man, we love you. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's <laughs> the right. way it's going to go down, dude. Okay. All right. We'll see. I love that. Well, brother, I'm based here in Austin. I, I hope you do get through Texas at least somewhere, because I am so looking forward to seeing you. I love the record, and uh, it is coming out um, January 20th, The Mockingbird and the Crow, The Man, Hardy. Good to have you on The Rock 30 for the first time, man. Absolutely, man. I'd love to be back, and it was my pleasure, man.